How's it going, everybody? My name's John from Podbean and Podcasting Smarter. On today's episode, I'm going to be speaking with Laura Davidson. Laura Davidson is Shure's lead retail market development specialist, and we're going to be talking about the ways that you can get the most out of your recording gear, as well as talk about the differences in many of the different microphones out in the market and some of the great products that Shure brings to the table in the world of microphones. Stay tuned and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for and by podcasters. We interview podcasters for the real scoop on podcasting. Whether you're thinking about starting a podcast or have been podcasting for years, you'll find lots of inspiration, valuable lessons, and tips in our interviews. This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Please visit podbean.com, the home for podcasters. Laura, thank you so much for making the time to chat with us today. How's it going? It's going great. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah. I think we're both in the Northeast here trying to uh, weather the snow, no pun intended with weather, but you know, <laughs> such, such is what it is in this time in February. So. It is. Everyone's surprised. I'm like, guys, it's like this every February. What, you know, yeah, it's, it's winter. Absolutely. Now, before we start with the interview, I want to give you the opportunity to uh, tell the people a little bit about Shure, a little bit about your role with Shure as well. A lot of people in the podcasting space, I'm sure, are well familiar with Shure microphones, but I want to mm -hmm. give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about the company and uh, your role within the company. Great. Yeah. So Shure has been around since 1925, which not a lot of people know. Uh, they just know that it's a great company that's been around for a minute. So almost 100 years. Uh, based outside of Chicago in Niles, and it's still a privately owned company. So it's very, it's got this cool like family vibe to it, which I love. And we got started making um, radio wholesale parts, basically. SN Shure started that because that was all the rage in the 20s. And then pivoted towards making microphones. And we eventually, in during World War II, were called up to make microphones for pilots and um, headphones, then headsets. And so we started building, building to military spec then. Oh, wow. And we still do to this day because, you know, it's very durable, not a lot of returns, keeps people safe, you know, at that point. Um, and then in, in the 60s, we brought out the 57 and the 58, which really kind of solidified us in the, the popular rock music side of things for live stage microphones. But, uh, you know, we started making things like uh, the SM7B, this guy. And that's really what podcasters have become extremely familiar with. And all the way through till today, like October, we launched the MV7, which, so we're always making new things is the great thing. It's a, it's a, a company that has a legacy and a history, but we're always trying to innovate and stay fresh and listen to our customers. So, and what I do is market development, which is basically when we're not in lockdown, I go out to see people and tell them about the products and do demonstrations, um, events, trade shows. Uh, and we've pivoted during this to just doing these kind of things, live streams, podcasts. Uh, it's been really fun. So that's what I do. I get to talk about the brand and, and play with gear. So, I like how rocking. you do have such a big knowledge of the company too, you know, especially dating back to, like you said, 1925. I didn't know that yeah. about Shure. And that really just kind of shows that there's so much time that's gone into the brand, so much time that's gone into the company. And just in general, you have the experience. And, yeah. you know, especially with my career in the rock and music world too, I'm very well familiar with the SM58. I've used that live. I've used that in the studio. It's even a great uh, microphone to cab or to mic up a cab for guitars. Oh, yeah. So you guys literally 100%. have 
a little bit of everything. So we do, and headphones and earphones. So I'm I'm monitoring with my my earphones. So those come from our in ear monitor side, and we're really known for our wireless as well. So we make the best wireless in the biz. So um, if you need dependable wireless that's not going to drop out, there's the Axiom Digital line. If you need something for church, for podcasting, for Shoot, just conference calls if you want to have a wireless mic. We make something for entry level all the way up through pro. So, yeah, it's a really nice wide portfolio that we have and headphones, earphones, mics. It's great. So a lot of what I have here is for about microphones, but legitimately, like you said, you have something for every part of the industry here. And speaking a little bit about the microphone side for a second, some of the questions we get from podcasters is whether they're seasoned or whether they're just starting up. I need to know what kind of microphone I'm looking for. Uh, I'm starting a podcast or I've been doing a podcast. I want to upgrade some of my gear. What are some of the considerations for podcasters in choosing a microphone? Yeah, that's we get that question a lot as well. And, and the main consideration is where are you going to be podcasting? So if you are in a room like I am, which is not acoustically treated, and you can hear a little bit if you're wearing headphones, but the MV7 does an amazing job of blocking it out. It's why we designed it that way. You want to go with a dynamic microphone. Reason being, it's going to reject the reflections. It's going to reject anything coming in from the rear of the mic, anything off axis. It's going to reject that a little bit better. Uh, and then condenser mics are better if you have a really controlled environment. So that's why they tend to be found more in a studio. You can use a condenser mic. There's a lot of USB condensers like ours, like this guy, the MV51, which sound incredible. They're just gonna pick up a little bit more of the space that you're in. So you have to have a little bit more consideration for treatment, um, proximity to the mic. You know, you don't wanna leave it here <laughs> if you're gonna try and not capture the reflections of all the walls and floors. So yeah, that's where are you going to be using it? And also what kind of uh, applications, what kind of speakers, are you going to have music? Are you going to have just voice, you know, for podcasting? Um, that Those are the considerations we start with. But dynamic and condenser and ribbon um, can often get confused with polar patterns. So they'll be like, oh, I have a cardioid mic. Cool. That's the polar pattern. That's how it's going to pick up the sound that's going into it but the dynamic condenser is how the mic physically works which i do have a cool little thing i can show if, if i can share my screen okay all right so so for dynamic microphones this is how they actually work so they're basically there's a, a diaphragm a thin piece of material that vibrates as you speak or um, sing into it and that's attached to a coil a metal coil that's surrounding a magnet and as you produce the sound it moves and creates that magnetic field and then generates or transfers that acoustic signal into um, electrical energy down the microphone so that's how a dynamic microphone works so it's a little bit less sensitive just inherent to how it actually works it takes a little bit more oomph to make it work right more signal whereas the condenser is a different animal and has this electrically charged backplate. So you may see that it needs something called phantom power, which is just a fancy thing that that essentially puts a 48 volt charge up your cable into the mic and charges that backplate so that it can convert the acoustical energy into an electrical signal a little bit differently, but it's inherently much more sensitive because it doesn't have to physically move that coil. So that's more sensitive and better for those treated environments. So that's why we kind of say, if you're going to be in that space, 
you know, and you have the luxury of having acoustic treatments and, you know, no dogs barking or children walking in, then uh, go for the condenser. Uh, but if you want something that's going to be a little bit more apt to reject the sounds around you, that's when you can go with a dynamic. And interestingly enough, too, like the microphone I'm using is a condenser microphone here. And like you said, you need to kind of take into account the room that you're in, the treatment and all that. But if you're somebody who maybe comes from the music world or from a previous life also, like you said, you can use either a dynamic or a condenser. You just have to take into account a few different things. And one thing I like that you brought up towards the beginning too was about speaking on or off axis. Now with this being yes. both an audio and a video interview, just for those who uh, might not be familiar with the term, when you're mm -hmm. speaking off axis, it's basically not speaking directly into the microphone. It's speaking into the part that's not supposed to pick up quite as much. So right. uh, I, I, yeah. I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on that for us. Yeah, and off-axis refers to the polar pattern as well. So yep. right now I'm using an MV7, which has a cardioid pickup pattern, cardioid coming from cardio or heart. So it's kind of heart-shaped. So if you think of it that way, it's it's directly in front of the mic and nothing in the back. So if I go back here, <laughs> you're not going to be able to hear me as well. For those of you not playing along at home, I just went to the back of the mic. Uh, so off-axis is essentially just going off polar pattern. So you want to make sure you stay in that sweet spot, as we call it. It's a, if it's a side address mic, like what you're using, as opposed to a front address, which is what I'm using, you have to make sure that you're addressing the right part of that mic, as opposed to talking into something that's not going to hear you as effectively. And we talk a lot about in one of our webinars here about how to record your podcast. We talk about knowing your gear also. Mm -hmm. And I think that really comes down to even the smallest parts of knowing the polar pattern and knowing what kind of microphone you're using. You know, we have a lot of podcasters who say, how can we get the most out of our gear? And I think one of those things is really knowing what kind of gear you have. Like you said, a lot of manufacturers will go ahead and put the polar pattern in the box. They'll go ahead and maybe have it printed right on the microphone itself also. So there are a lot of tells, but one thing I would always recommend for podcasters is to be able to understand the gear that you have, not just am I using a dynamic or condenser, but like you said, also understanding the polar pattern. So for let's say five, six, seven episodes, you're not speaking off axis into the back of it, for example, which right. has happened before. Right. <laughs> which is also, it's important to say wear headphones. I mean, a lot of yes. people just forego that and just start talking and recording. And it's like, well, you got to know how you're being captured because it will improve your mic technique it will make your life easier in post because you won't have as many plosives you know you won't be like adjusting your gain to compensate if you went off axis for example so um yeah monitor 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 i do have this quick slide too that i can show sure. you that is um polar patterns so that we can you know people can know what the heck we're talking about um, and a lot of people say, oh, is that how the mic hears me? Well, mics don't listen. Mics are dumb. You know, <laughs> they're not intelligent creatures. They're beautiful though. Uh, so this is how it physically picks up the sound or how far you can go before it won't hear anything anymore. So omnidirectional coming from omni all. So that's going to pick up everything. Uh, these are typically not used in studio podcasting applications just because they're meant for picking up sounds um, when you want the entire sound signature or the entire space. So you want a directional mic when you're doing podcasting. So that's why cardioid or a super cardioid option are really great. Uh, super cardioid is just a tighter polar pattern. So your axis gets a little smaller. Uh, and that's really great if you're more of a professional or more... Um, more accustomed to using a mic on a regular basis just because it takes a little bit of getting used to if you are really dynamic and going all over the place like 
probably not a super cardioid for you. Uh, and then hypercardioid and mono bidirectional where it can hear from kind of both sides. So like this mic, um, this is our MV88 plus. This is a stereo condenser mic. Really cool for podcasting. Although you would think, wow, it's so small. Why would I use it for that? It's great for out in the field, especially if you're doing interviews because that mono bidirectional polar pattern essentially turns off this surface of the mic and opens up both sides. So I can set this in the middle and do an interview and not have to set up two mics or have to do this action, you know, just put it in the middle and grab everybody because it has the two that it's going to pick up. So that's how it, polar patterns work. And, well, that's so important too, especially talking about that microphone too, because while we think about, oh, okay, we need a podcast microphone for every situation. If we have mm -hmm. multiple guests, we need that. With some microphones, you can now get away with, like you said, field recording, you know, when you're out at a conference or yeah. doing an interview somewhere that's not within your home studio or somewhere where you don't necessarily have something like Zoom or Riverside at your disposal, you can now look into microphones and say, hey, if I'm going to be an interview show, I want to be able to have the quintessential gear at all times. So you can look mm -hmm. at something like that MV88 plus, which from my experience using it, it's a fantastic microphone. It's also great for, you know, syncing up with video. Also, there's a lot of great applications for it. Mm -hmm. uh, you have the ability with one microphone to do a lot of things too. Yeah. And it, it comes with the whole rig here. So, you know, you put your phone here, that's what powers the mic. Uh, and then there is a little headphone jack on the back, which I love too. So again, going back to that, making sure that you're monitoring, you can make sure everything that's going in is going to be sounding just what you the way you want. And then it comes with a Manfrotto Pixie tripod. So you can either use it as kind of like a gimbal or, you know, stand it up on the table. So, yeah, this is a really, really cool option. And also something a little known thing with the MV7, it actually kind of works as an interface. So if you were out at a conference, you had another mic, you could actually plug into the XLR on this microphone and then go USB out and have two mics. Oh, that's disposal. cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so you'd go, essentially you'd go female, female XLR from the external mic into this. Uh, and if you'd have to use a Mac though, cause you have to set up an aggregate device. But like if you're going into GarageBand or, you know, whatever, if you, as long as you can set up an aggregate, then you can have those two um, input options, which is fantastic. So super fun inside tip. Now, when we talk about Shure and their place in the podcasting world, you've taken a big role as one of the go-to microphone companies in the world of podcasting. Why did Shure decide to focus on the podcasting market? And what are some staples of Shure products for podcasters? I know you touched on it a little bit. Um, the SM7B is definitely one that a lot of us in the podcasting industry are familiar with. But I also want you to uh, to take a little bit of time to discuss the microphone that you are, you're using today, because that's become one of my favorite <laughs> microphones just in general in the world of podcasting to discuss nice yeah so i mean you can't be a microphone company and not pay attention to podcasting even before covid where it's really just exploded it's been around for a long time and it's and we've noticed that and we've responded to that so when we created our motive line of usb mics like this guy um and the 88 and the mv5 this is the mv5c we were specifically thinking about content creators and podcasters. So how could we make great sounding audio easy, you know, like easy to get into your computer, into your DAW without having to have an interface or wanting to be super portable. So that was our main consideration. We had a lot of demand for that. And instead of using, you know, the SM7B, which is now the standard, um, but you know, 
if you don't want to throw this in your backpack and bring a lifter or, you know, an interface, then you have options. So that's kind of why we did the mics that we did and why we continue to do that. And it's been really fun for us. It's been nice to learn more about podcasting in general too. And the MV7 has a similar shape and dexterity to the SM7B. So somebody who is, let's say, looking to maybe convert or somebody who's familiar with the SM7B, in terms mm -hmm. of like the physical space that it takes up, you're not really making a big jump over from anything. It's basically, mm -hmm. it looks like it's basically the same size, I would assume. It's actually a little smaller. Oh, okay. So give you some perspective here. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a little smaller and more compact and, and it's not the same mic. It's not the same capsule. So, you okay. know, just to be clear, um, but the benefits for the MV7 and why we put it out was because we wanted to have that, that broadcast quality sound with the USB functionality, but because it has an XLR out as well, you have that functionality too. So let's say you already have an interface that you're comfortable with. You can get the MV7 and plug right into there. You know, if you're already doing your own processing, you don't want to change anything up. It's a fantastic dynamic mic. So a lot of people are saying, well, when I plug in the XLR, it doesn't light up because it has all, I, I can tell you all these other cool features too. That's because it's just a dynamic mic at its core. So if you don't want to use any of the DSP processing, um, then you can plug in an XLR and do your own. So that's something to keep in mind. If you do get one, it doesn't light up when you're using XLR. But if you're using USB, uh, you can control several things. You can control the gain the headphone level, the mute, um, right from the microphone itself. But we also make this cool app, the SureMotive Plus desktop app that allows you to control the mic and get into some of the other cool parameters. Um, right now I'm using it in what's called auto mode. So um, that way I don't have to think about it. But uh, if you wanted to use it and have more control, you have that option. So. There's manual mode and there's auto level mode. Auto level is essentially just giving me the freedom to have kind of like an engineer mixing for me. Um, so if you see here, you have some presets you can save, you can mute right from the mic or right from the app. Um, you can also control your mic, your mic and playback mix. So if you were having an interview, you wanted to hear more of your guest, less of you, more of you, et cetera, you can adjust that. And then we have this cool feature called near and far mode. So Let's say you didn't want to have your mic as much in your face. I'm a very close talker. Uh, you can put it into far mode and it will slowly adjust your gain levels to compensate while still doing nice rejection in the room because we have voice isolation technology in this bad boy. And if you see here, you have your tones that you can select. So dark, natural, and bright. And that's just essentially adding some EQ and compression behind the scenes. But if you know more about that, you can actually go here and adjust your gain levels. You can still have that monitor mix control. And for those of you familiar with the SM7B, these EQ controls mimic the options that are on the back of the SM7B. So I can go from flat to high pass, to presence boost, to a high pass and presence boost that you can adjust, which I love. And you can also add a limiter. So if you are a very dynamic talker or if you have a guest who is all over the place, this actually prevents some clipping and peaking. And your compression, you can add light, medium, or heavy, whatever your, your choice determines. So I like putting it in auto level mode when I'm doing this because it keeps things easy. So control it's it with the app or use it XLR. 
it's legitimately got everything built into it that a podcaster could need. And while I don't have experience using the MV7 myself in a recording scenario, uh, we recently did an interview with Arnie from Now Playing, who's a hosted podcast with Podbean. And that was the mm -hmm. microphone they were using. And when you hear what they're, they basically just went right into it. And I think they just chose one of the stock presets like you were talking about. And mm -hmm. there was no extra work I had to do on my side to edit the interview. And, you know, I, I remember that we had talked before this interview, you and I, and you were just like, oh, there's some built-in compression that happens. And that's great. You know, with compression, it's one of the things that you really want to consider when you're doing post-production on any sorts of vocals, singing, podcasting. But this mm -hmm. thing really just took out all of the work. So even if you're choosing one of the base presets, there's so much power that comes into the uh, the MV7 backend. And this can all those presets can also go right into your DAW too, correct? Um, they do go into the DAW. Uh, okay. You know, just they they would be. That's why it's beneficial to have that XLR and USB in my mind, because I can go into my DAW, have those two channels, just setting up that aggregate so I can record my dry. But it, like for this, our Zoom recording would be the DSP signal, but I could go XLR out if I wanted to do something post. Um, you can have that option. So it's like a redundant recording. You could go into a Zoom recorder. Uh, so it's, it's a cool feature. Now, one of my questions to you would be, what is your personal favorite microphone for podcasting and why? But I feel like this <laughs> we might have the answer here, potentially. Yeah, I mean, I was using the SM7B before and I still love it. I set that up um, all the time. But this one, for me, I'm, I'm on conference calls, I'm on Teams calls all day long. And I, this is the one I use just because of the USB. Uh, but if I'm doing something that's a little more like, you know, broadcast quality and I just want to look slicker then i'll use my sm7b but i've been so happy with the mv7 and um yeah i, I can't say enough good things about it too if you're not podcasting 24 7 and you are like me and you have this day job where you have to be on calls all the time getting great audio quality isn't just a service for you it's the service for the people who are listening to you all day because it's really sure. fatiguing you know like if i do this and i switch up to this now you're hearing just my macbook pro microphone right. and if you listen to that all day you don't realize it but it's really grating whereas if you listen to something like the mv7 and it's smoother everybody's gonna have a better day so and, I, and you brought up a good point too that these are pieces of gear that maybe people aren't just using for podcasting they may be using yeah. it in other walks of life too so while you are and while we're talking about this in a podcasting space, there's no reason why you can't use a lot of this gear, like you said, in conference calls that aren't necessarily for podcasting means. Because like you said, especially now in 2021, where we are now, the uh, the beginning of it, where we are generally still in lockdown, you still yeah. have a lot of this Zoom conferencing. So you can take a lot of this gear that you're using in the podcasting side and create a great experience for the rest of your team, whether you're doing a public facing podcast or uh business podcast, a private podcast, any of that. So I, I think that's a great point to bring up too. Plus you look really cool on PTO meetings. I'm just going to say. <laughs> You're just yeah, like, I look cool fun. now. If you want to look like me, there you go. <laughs> no, it's fine. Like I don't even think about it. And then I get on these calls and people are like, what is happening? I'm like, I just go with it. <laughs> just go with it. So yeah, it's fun. 
Now we're talking about microphones too, but part of the recording experience is knowing how to use your microphone as well. And we touched on a few things earlier on, but what are a few tips that you can give for getting the best out of your microphone during the recording? And this could be things that are specific to the microphone or even just a few tips and tricks, for example, like lifting the cables off the ground so that there's no extra noise or any electricity mm -hmm. going through it for hum. Uh, what are some of your best go-to tips and tricks? Um, go-to tips and tricks would be to do some test recordings before you do anything, uh, to get comfy with the mic. Cause for example, with my MV7, I actually like talking this way into it. So I'm kind of sideways to it so that it, it negates the plosives. Um, if I were to come in here and say plosives, you can hear it a little bit more. So I just say plosives over here. It's a little bit less. So it's just getting used to that. It's using a pop filter, like what you have. Um, and then making sure that you're not, you know, around a ton of reflective surfaces, which I am right now, I'm in front of a window and I have glass everywhere. Um, but it's just, you know, the nature of the beast today. Uh, thank you. Distance learning. Um, so, <laughs> you know, pay attention to, to how the mic is going to react to your voice and set your gain levels. Make sure that structure is solid before you do anything. Otherwise post is a nightmare. Um, what else? Yeah, the lifting the cables off. I mean, I don't have that issue here because I am going USB, but that is a good one. Do you know how many hum? Yeah, I think that there's so many tips and tricks. We could probably we could probably sit here and make an entire episode on tips and tricks to get the best out of your just all of your gear. But I love what you said too about the uh, about the prep work before time. Right, with podcasts that I've done before, the first episode that people hear is the first episode that we release. But the first three or four recordings that we have done is to make sure that number one, everybody knows how they're going to record. Number two, everyone feels comfortable with their gear. And number three, if there is anything else that you need or maybe a different setup and a different uh, sound that you want, you have the ability. No one is saying that as soon as you get a microphone, you have to start releasing content. Being able to have that test time and that prep yes. work is so important. And that's with anything, but especially with podcasting. Once people start hearing and in, in our case also visually seeing the content then you're obligated you can always upgrade but you're obligated at least to release that first piece of content a lot of the times so doing a lot of that prep work in advance cannot be understated so yeah good job on that one <laughs> <laughs> thanks rocking now, <laughs> now we don't often talk about keeping our audio gear in let's say tip top shape or maintaining it through the world of podcasting. Uh, can you give us some tips and tricks for maintaining your microphones over the course of time? We did an article at the beginning of COVID and early in uh, mid 2020 about the best ways to sanitize your gear, for example. And that really got us thinking that whether you're talking about interfaces, a microphone, a computer, whatever the case may be, we don't often think about how to take care of our gear and make sure that it has this long lifespan. We just kind of go, okay, we're going to buy the gear. We know it's going to last because we know that the companies that we work with, we you know, expect the gear to work, but there are so many different things that could happen between now and then. Uh, what are some of your best practices for maintaining the condition of uh, your microphone over the course of time? Yeah. So for me, uh, I actually have just on the other side of this wall, there's like a suitcase closet. So I, that's where I keep all my microphones when they're not in use. And, you know, just making sure that they're in the the bag that they came in or in the case that they came in and, and taking the time to put it away as opposed to just throwing it in a drawer, you know, is, is step number one for me, which took a minute to get used to. But, uh, you know, so just handling it with care, 
Uh, and then we put out some cool articles on how to sanitize our mics on shore.com. So we can get you that link to take a look at in case you're curious. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I never even think about that, but more on like the live performance side of things. I think it's imperative for musicians and singers to take ownership and bring their own mic to the gig. So, you know, podcasting aside, like if you are a guest, bring your own mic for that as well. But like just mics in general, take ownership. It's your instrument. And if you're a podcaster, it's your mechanism to be heard. So make sure that you take pride in it and take ownership in it and take care of it. Just like guitars, you know, if you have your guitar, you got to change the strings. You got to make sure it's not collecting dust like some of mine are right now. And um, yeah, just take care of it. Yeah. And I think a lot of what you said there resonates, whether you're doing music or whether you're doing podcasting too. And, you know, I know that we talk a lot about dynamic microphones being a little bit more rugged of a microphone so they can take a little bit more of a hit and uh, condenser microphones being a little bit more sensitive. So you have to be more careful, but that's not to mean that you can, you know, really give abuse to a dynamic microphone. You still want to take care of them. I partially think about when you said the, uh, the closet thing, I partially picture your closet being very much a men in black thing where you just press a button on your wall and it just opens up to, instead of like all the weaponry, they have to fight aliens. There's just a microphone for every situation from the 1920s on in your gosh I wish it was like that John it is not I have like some dollar store baskets that (laughs) like because you know if you have a wireless system you have the trans the um you have your receiver and you have to make sure that you have all your power cables and you know it's just everything has its own little spot but that took a minute to get everything together um so no, it doesn't look like men in black, but the light does turn on when you open the door. That's very fancy. <laughs> that's and, about and, as fancy as I get. And that's as close as we need to get for right now. <laughs> yes. Close enough for rock and roll, as they say. Dollar store baskets and a light that turns on automatically. <laughs> There you go. Well, Laura, I, number one, I want to thank you again for making the time to chat with us today on all things microphone, all things sure, and all things podcasting. Um, it's always awesome to speak to you about just the world of podcasting and the world of sure in general. Uh, before we close out, I want to give you the opportunity to tell people a little bit more as to uh, flagship products. If you haven't gotten the chance to mention some of them, uh, where they can find you and maybe some things that you've got coming up. Yeah, great. So first of all, thanks for having me because it's been really fun. Uh, All of the products are available at shore.com. We have this whole line of USB microphones called Motiv, M-O-T-I-V. The flagship product is the SM7B, and that is on there as well. So all of these products, you can go take a look. There's some great video content. And we actually have some cool training that you can take um, through the Shore Audio Institute. So if you look under the support section of our site and look for SAI, um, you can take courses on how microphones work and learn about all the different microphones that we have. So that's a cool option there. But I would say, you know, we make something for everyone. And the important thing is to try it whenever possible to make sure you find the one that's going to work the best for you. That's awesome. And once again, thank you for making the time. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm always excited to speak to you about the different things you have going. The MV7 is such a great microphone right now. If you haven't checked it out, please definitely go ahead and do. And <laughs> look forward to speaking to you more in the future. Great. Thanks, John. Thanks for joining us for Podcasting Smarter. You can check our show notes at podcast.podbean.com for links and details. 
please like our podcast, leave your comments, and help us spread the word to other podcasters so we can bring you more great episodes with podcasting tips and inspiration from fellow podcasters. If you want to connect with other podcasters or get interviewed on this podcast, please join our Podcasting Smarter Facebook group. We look forward to welcoming you to the community. Happy podcasting!